And just like that, we're in October. Shit. And we thought 2020 would never come to an end. Well, now it's coming. It's coming in hot and ready. (laughs) I can't believe it's already been a month since our wedding. Man, the day was beautiful. The weather was nice. The sun was actually blaring. I had a hard time doing our vows because I couldn't lovingly gaze into his eyes. The sun was too blinding. But we had um, about 60 people of our in-town family and then just our wedding party. And everyone that was involved was a friend or a part of the family. And everything was seamless. Yeah, that's Alfred calling bullshit for sure. (laughs) It wasn't seamless at all. But, you know, it was good. (laughs) There were no freakouts and like no panic, anxiety attacks. And so that was lovely. And everyone was gone by 7.30 p.m. (laughs) I think it was the people that we surrounded ourselves with and how we scheduled everything that really made the difference. I realized that there wasn't a lot of wedding or honeymoon talk in my last episode. So if you have questions, even if they're nosy, send them in. I've been talking about it so much that I don't even know what to say anymore. And again, it's been a month. And most recently, we just said goodbye to my lovely, lovely Nana. And so, yeah, just with everything, so much has happened. And it's definitely been both up and down and crazy. But here we are, filled with love, gratitude, loss, just all the feels as usual. Quick question, friends. When was the last time you sat on the other side of a venting session with a friend? What were you thinking about while they shared their heart? Were you searching for the right things to say? Were you coming up with a plan, a plan A, B, and C while they were talking? Were you able to sit with them in their frustration without it letting become you too? All right, all of the answers to those questions are tricky because they all lead us down the road to judgment. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And that is our focus for the month of October. Okay, so today specifically, we're talking about my two red flags that kept showing up for me that were my reminders that I was sitting in judgment. When I noticed these two survival habits kick in, it really showed me again that I was in full judgment mode. So they were the things that told me things needed to change. That means this week we are sitting judgment down in our emotional investigation chair to ask it some hard questions. And I'm glad you're here. This is a our focus for the month of October. So if you have questions about judgment, why, where it shows up, all of those things, please let me know. Ready? Let's get into it. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Big Kid Pod, where all are welcome. In this safe space, we talk about what scares us, what prepares us, and what makes us great. As big kids, we have learned the hard way that none of us really know what's going on, and we all have our own stories and journeys, and that's why it's always better together. I'm your host and guide, Christina, aka KDC. As a life coach, children's yoga instructor, 
and Mindfulness Ninja, I hope to inspire you to dive into your life with more kindness, more courage, and more adventure. You ready? Let's get into it. So, judgment, hey? What does this creepy little bugger have to teach us? This one is a tricky trick because judgment comes so easily. Shit, sometimes it can even be fun, especially when you're with your best friends, right? When it comes to making friends, I tell both kids and adults to find something in common with the other people or person that you're trying to build the connection with. But that exact same connection can brew over a delicious conversation about something or someone a person despises. How many of us have participated in one of those classic bitch sessions? You know, when you get together with a bunch of friends and you just utterly and completely vent about it all. We love a good vent sesh because it helps us feel not so alone. We feel seen, heard, understood usually, and that's usually what we're looking for. So yeah, it can feel good. During a vent session, it also can make us feel comforted because it shows us other people are experiencing the same thing. So how many of us have left a gathering like this and felt a sense of relief because you finally got it out in the open? During these conversations, you will often start to hear phrases like, at least, or people start to tie their story to their own experience instead of really acknowledging the feelings be expressed by the human on the other end of them. They're looking for connection, but then that tricky trick judgment sneaks its way in. I keep saying that these survival habits we've learned and lived by are tricky tricks, and I'll say it again, but it's because these survival habits have brought us safety, and judgment shows its tricky side by feeling comfortable and like you're building connection. So why judgment? Why can you feel so good? First off, Simply, it's because it spotlights them instead of us. Let's focus on the wrongness that we see in them instead of our own. It's so easy to see the solution when it's not your problem. But that's the thing. It's not your problem. And no matter what, we're only ever getting a what, like 50% of the story anyways, because we're only sharing the experience that we had, not the other person. And they could be experiencing something completely different than us. And that's usually why there's an issue, right? What did you learn about judgment as a kid? Where did it show up for you? The habits we created to survive will no longer serve us when it's time to thrive. And this survival habit kept me safe because it kept people at an arm's length away, which is where I wanted them. My judgment stemmed from the thought of me not being enough. This feels like I'm teaching long division, (laughs) so I feel like I should show you my work. But I thought by avoiding connection, I didn't have to deal with other people's judgments. Because really, who could love all of me? 
all my faults, traumas, all my feelings. <laughs> I figured that I only let people see a portion of me, then I could control the perception of me. <clears throat> all my people pleaser friends, go back a couple episodes, number 74. That was September's focus. It was also right after the honeymoon, so, you know, there's only a couple. But you can still get that guide. Let me know if you want it. So I have always found it pretty easy to make friends. Again, because I know that hack of building connection. Just find something in common with the other person. I felt like I was Twitter back in the day. <laughs> Everybody would come to me because I always knew what was going on. And I was a really great storyteller. People would tell me things and then I would turn and I would go tell other people. And then there I was, queen of Gossip Mountain. And I freaking loved it. I honestly, this is where I got my worthiness from. And this made me feel important because people wanted to talk to me. But they didn't want to talk to me. They just wanted to hear what I had to say. I wanted to be seen. But they just saw a good old-fashioned gossip mail, which now makes me want to barf <laughs> because it's one of the things that I really had to change, this red flag. All right, feeling words when it comes. All right, so when we're looking at judgment, it could be showing up as a different feeling. It's funny because I think of how much of our media and just our lives are consumed by gossip type of things, even just standing in the grocery aisle. Nope. Even just standing in the grocery line, you will see all of the tabloids, right? People make a living on gossiping and it's just so funny and interesting. So much of our culture is just focused on gossip and talking shit. And I think about even just good old roasts, right? <laughs> Not, you know, the type that you put on the, in the oven, but the type that you watch on Comedy Central. A comedy roast is when a celebrity will show up at a studio and there's a bunch of different other celebrities, comedians, and then they just make fun of them the whole time. And yes, it's funny as hell. And I get that part. It's comedy. But you know, still talking shit. Talking shit's talking shit. When you look at judgment in the face, what do you see? Brene Brown says that we judge people in areas where we're vulnerable to shame. So when you look at your judgment in the face, what do you see? What are you avoiding? You might find other feelings are lingering under the surface. You might be welcomed by jealousy, maybe fear or impatience. Again, your shame might be stemmed from someone having more than you. So maybe it's envy. They might be further along in their career or relationship than you. And again, maybe it's envy and it's all just coming out as judgment. So again, really sit down your judgment ask, what do you see? On the other hand, it could be anger, frustration, contempt, resentment. This is what keeps us in judgment. 
Your job is to figure out what it's trying to teach and show you. Stop accepting that you're just a judgy McJudgerson because that's bullshit. It's just a survival habit and that shit is changeable and should be. Using the emotional investigation questions provided in this month's guide, you can welcome in your judgment without fear, but with curiosity. These questions and so much more are included, so don't worry. When I did this for myself, I knew that I wanted and needed to stop the gossiping train. That's right. I declare I am the last stop. I created a hard boundary around gossiping. And so when people would start talking about another person and I would start to feel uncomfortable, I would say that shit out loud. I would tell them straight up, I don't feel comfortable in this conversation. And then I'd ask them to change the subject or I'd leave. And like I wouldn't make a big deal about it. It was, again, not for them. Boundaries are for you only. It's not about what another person is going to do. It's how you are responding, right? Like cultivating any habit, this shit takes practice. And even now there are times where I'll catch myself, but I'll think, is this my news to tell? Or should I say this out loud? Usually the answer is no. So I'll just think of something else to talk about. Again, hard boundary means it gets done because I've decided it gets done. Back in the day, talking crap on people made me feel better. Even if I was acting in the exact same way as them, I was the one complaining about it. Again, it made me feel like I was above it because I had all the answers. Brene's quote, man, that shit is true. I felt vulnerable to my own shame, but instead of using it as a building block towards connection, I used that block to build up my wall. So gossiping is my first judgment red flag. That's when I know that I'm in judgment because I feel comfortable talking about another person. I don't know what's going on. And again, it's not my news to tell. And everything I'm saying could just be speculatory. I can't even say the word, but most of the time I just keep it in my head. (laughs) The second red flag that will let you know when you're in judgment mode is when your first reaction is to give advice. Yes, friends, that is a clear, clear, blaring, big ass red flag that you are sitting in judgment. We think that we are being helpful, but If advice wasn't invited, then that shit ain't welcome. Judgment is the main aggressor when we have expectations on how someone is supposed to act. Because we have standards. This usually includes human decency, right? And when people don't say thank you, oh man, sometimes it just boils my blood. But at the same time, ask yourself, are we surprised? Our focus in this state is full judgment, like all of our survival habits. It keeps us disconnected from people. Remember, at the same time, if you're looking for advice, do us all a solid and say that shit at the top. (laughs) Help them help you by saying what you're looking for out loud. Also consider if you're asking the right person for help, because yes, a friend is nice, but sometimes an unbiased opinion is even better. 
So asking for the type of space you need could sound like, ugh, I need to vent. I'm not looking for advice. I just need to word vomit all of the stuff in my head. You down? Again, this is how I would say it, but do your own spin. Or straight up, just say, I really need advice on this. I keep seeing this meme <laughs> and it's of Chandler saying, I'm not great at advice, but how about a sarcastic comment? <laughs> a great resource I loved reading is The Advice Trap by MBS. He talks more about how to train your advice monster, he calls it. And I'll post a link to the book in the show notes. So notice when you feel like you are jumping at the bit to give advice. How often have you been in a conversation with someone and they're literally telling you about their most recent frustration and you're channeling your Hermione Granger? Think of her in the classroom after professor asks a question and she's the only one in the room waving her hand in the air. The answer is on the tip of her tongue. Do you ever feel like that during a conversation? When you finally get your turn to talk, does your voice start to get louder? Do you talk, project it more? Does your tone change at all? What about your body? Does it get bigger? Do you physically take up more space with your body and your voice? When this is all happening, again, we are taking space away from the connection that the other person is seeking because we're filling it with all of the advice that we want to dole out. We make space by listening and leaning in. We make space by validating the feelings the other person is experiencing. You can literally just lean in, obviously from a safe distance, but still. Maybe you sit closer. You're looking at them in the eyeballs, listening mindfully. In an upcoming episode, we'll talk about this more. But the funny thing is that I have always loved giving advice. Ask anyone in my life. I was always down to throw it at someone. And that's how I learned the hard way that if the advice was not invited, it's not welcome. Because when we insist, they will resist. Anyway, when I was thinking of becoming a coach, I thought it would be more advice giving, but it has been the exact opposite. It has been about curiosity, curiosity before judgment. And this was the habit I replaced judgment with. I decided to get curious during event sesh instead of focusing on the reasons I'm angry and hate life too. <laughs> That's what therapy was for. I decided to get curious with myself and my creative process instead of sitting in judgment and self-pity for not doing the things I wanted. So I found a coach to work with. I've learned to ask for help from the right people. And I've learned to listen more and ask more questions. So friends, when you find yourself sitting in judgment, get curious. Get curious with yourself and other feelings around judgment. Bonus points if you get curious with other people in your conversation. <laughs> what other judgment flags have you? Nope. What other judgment red flags have you run into? I want to know. If you want more emotional investigation questions to ask your judgment, download this month's guide free on the website. 
Link is in the show notes. Coming up this month, we're going to talk about what to do when you feel super judged by those around you and what what to do when you're stuck in self-judgment and more on how we tame the judgment beast. So let me know which one you're most curious about. Send me all of your questions. As always, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Talk to you soon.